Dear Amy, Word has reached me of your military victory against the heathen Aethar. Allow me to be the first person of consequence to congratulate you. Your tutors always said you had a knack for warfare. I must admit, I held out some hope that you would make it your conduit. A conduit of war would be a great boon to the family. Nevertheless, you must be congratulated on your more mundane victory. Hopefully, we will have many years of peace now that they have been driven away from our lands two times during my reign. That will be enough praise for one letter. I have many issues to discuss with you. First, it has come to my attention that your sister Sabrina has found her way to the Gorefields and is currently in the care of Duke Pendergrass. I hope that you have investigated this situation thoroughly, and if he has anything to do with her disappearance from the castle, I hope you will deliver his head to me promptly. If not, it is allowable for her to remain there and indulge his fantasies of developing conduits. For many decades he has harbored this ludicrous belief that a regular person can achieve godhood. He is welcome to try. If Sabrina has what makes me special, she will flourish, and if not, she will perish. Same as you and the rest of your siblings. If he succeeds, then I will have proof that my miraculous gifts have been passed down along our illustrious family line, proving once again our superiority. And if he fails, again, we will have more examples to point to that no amount of hard work is the equal of an immaculate pedigree. The second issue I would like to discuss with you is the matter of some escaped prisoners. You may have heard some prospective gladiators quit my Colosseum ahead of schedule. While most of them are of little consequence, they do count among the number a conduit you should keep an eye out for, her and her merry band. The castle tracked them near the gore fields, but lost them in a swarm of halflings. Most unfortunate. In fact, we lost a great knight in the battle, whose death must be revenged upon these escapees and their kobold leader. Interestingly, some of these aforementioned halflings came in contact with my conduit salt during the battle. It'll be interesting to see how such mindless subjects react to my gifts. I know not how much personality exists within them to rebel against my influence. It will be quite fascinating to see if they blossom or shatter. 
Recently, I had an experiment which had a most promising result. A smuggler in Harp City so dedicated to smuggling that he retained quite a bit of himself under my influence. He was still able to speak and did not seem to be succumbing to the influence of these salt crystals as quickly as the others. Too often my subjects' minds are muddled and clouded with ideology and hobbies and family and they do not allow for full integration with my gifts. A very painful way to die, it appears, but perhaps they should have been more dedicated. These halflings may have just the unclouded minds that I've been looking for. Maybe, finally, someone will be able to dedicate themselves fully to their potential. We shall see. Finally, there is the matter of this so-called rebellion. I have no real worries that the insect folk or the moles pose a real threat to my reign. However, allowing these rumors to circulate may embolden individuals who could damage property or threaten trade in some vain hope of inconveniencing me. Therefore, I will be deploying some motivated agents to key locations in the kingdom. Powerful allies who will be able to sniff out any whiffs of rebellion and crush it where it grows. Expect just such an agent shortly. If there is any hint of insurrection in the gore fields, they will smother it in the cradle. I believe that is all the business I wish to discuss with you, Amy. Convey my wishes and expectations to Sabrina, and tell her the same thing I told you when you left home. Come back with a conduit or not at all. Покайся богам, пацан, ведь во всем виноват ты сам. Похоже, ты влип, пацан, и расхлебывать будешь сам. И расхлебывать будешь сам. It's like how in Bill and Ted they they use the F slur. Yeah. It's like, aw, that's yeah. unfortunate. The new Bill and Ted, however, is the new Bill and Ted, however, is way better. Oh yeah, like they, the new they, one they, is real good and wholesome. If you can ignore that, the second one is a bit trash. All right, so last we left this adventure, uh, the NPCs of the Thriller Bark have been kidnapped. Oh, fuck yeah, that's right, shit. 
by halflings who have holed up in the mall. And the party pursued them uh, very comically, one wheel off the skiff, dragging across <laughs> the salt as Thunderstruck blared non-diegetically. We failed so spectacularly. Yeah, I believe six or seven botches, uh, almost like in a row, a really just 50-car pileup of an episode. Uh, but it ended pretty positively with uh, Vindross tagging one of the halflings with a guiding bolt so it can be tracked. And I think as a result of that, the halflings in this, um, basically the opening area of the mall, like the hallway that comes off the doors, they scatter throughout the building and we're entering a kind of interesting combat scenario here i think this might be the most complex uh fight in the history of dice funk and i know you're saying oh no austin we're yeah, all that's... so sleepy and so high <laughs> why, why, why would you do this this is my birthday the one gift i ask yeah. is that you don't make things complicated and that you, each of you give me one of your crits or take away one of my bots that's all that's all i ask for and and that i be allowed to be really high well, the great thing is that it was just really complicated for me to make. It has nothing to do with how it's going to be to experience, which is actually going to be pretty simple for you, because what I'm asking of each of you is which halfling do you chase through the mall? Because uh, there are four in this area who go off in different directions. Number three. Well, I'm telling you what stores they go into, and so you can nope, decide. I said number three. Okay, well, they're not numbered. I, 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 I want to see the, the handle halflings behind door number two. So let him tell us what they are first. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you can tell me exactly what they are. I'm telling you, I'm going after no, number three. No, I, I would like to make an informed decision, like a responsible D&D player. But tell me first off, what's the trip that I'm going to win if I choose the correct door? <laughs> like, where's my vacation? See, Chris, don't get yourself so hung up on door number three. You might find out that door number one is an anime store that's definitely, definitely not like one that you've ever attempted to shill. Hey, we're not an anime store. We're Pop called like a discount head shop without the pipes because those get you in trouble. Geo grinders? No, we used then you're to sell not a head shop. We used to sell grinders, but again, it gets you it gets you in trouble. So Okay. Well, sorry, you're not a head shop. I, I know. Decided. Okay. So here are the four stores where you believe your four party members are being held by the halflings who have now retreated to their captives. The stores are Games and Watches, a store which sells video games and watches, obviously. <laughs> there is Accessory Hut. Which... Oh. Yeah, thank you, Laura. Yeah, yeah I appreciate your creativity. <laughs> there is Accessory Hut, which sells mostly sunglasses and hats. Uh-huh. Actually, you know, here's the fucking thing about it, all right? I don't mean to interrupt you here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. But Game and Watch, okay, cool, I'm with you. Sunglass Hut actually sells watches. Oh, do they really? Yeah, they do. That's yes. right. Yes, Watches that's half their product line. Sunglasses. Yes. In our universe, they are not allowed to because of a lawsuit. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. All right. The third uh, location is actually the food court, which includes a, such a such fare as the cinnamon bun store, uh -huh. a fried food stall, and a smoothie shop. No pretzels? Oh, I should have done pretzels. That'd be good. No, there's got to be an Orange Julius in there, right? Yeah. Oh, the it's really disappointing. The Dairy Queen by me doesn't have the regular, like, the OG Orange, Orange Julius. And I'm like, what's the point then? I didn't even realize that those companies were connected in any way. Oh, yeah. They, like, bought them out. Oh. Uh, I think. Yeah. The Dairy Queen by me doesn't even have hot food, so I don't even know what you're talking about. You get ice what cream at the Dairy fuck? Queen. <laughs> that's, a, that's tragic. 
Dairy Queen has a solid burger. I can't imagine that. It's weird. Having not know, grown up but with it's it, true. the idea of being like, I would like to go to this ice cream store for one hot dog, please. Right? No, they've got really, really good soft pretzel sticks. They're Poor real good. Austin. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and finally, one of the halflings retreats to the in-mall movie theater. Ooh. So those are the four locations where each of you uh, can chase a halfling in order to fight for your friends. Hut! This is very complicated for me, but for you, it's pretty simple. Uh, I want the hut. Can Vinjas go to the ga- game, game and also watches store? Yep, game and watches. Game and watches, yeah. All right. I'm going to the hut. Uh, well, Corton's going with Vindros to the uh, game and watch. <laughs> Okay, so that is a legitimate choice. I just want you to know that in universe, you have every reason to believe you are leaving that party member to die. Oh, they're individually held in. Yeah. Okay, I thought they. I thought we were trying to figure out which one they were in. No, they're each. We each gotta say someone. I want to go to the movie theater. Cool. I'll go to the food court. All right. So first up is Vindra. So actually, these are in order, and uh, the the simple things. Oh, sweet, I get to like hang out for a while. I'm going on mute, losers. Enjoy your role playing. <laughs> this is literally what I was saying. It's very simple for you. With the person who's not currently on screen, uh, can just go on Twitter or whatever the fuck. Well, see, that's why I'm glad I'm going first. I can then just get back to like having a chill time. <laughs> So, Vindros, you run into Game & Watches. Uh, it is a pretty standard uh, video game store, although, Vindros, you have no idea what that means. Uh, there's just a lot of weird boxes with pictures with men with guns on them. So, How, this, how yeah. many of these could Vindros look at and go, like, I could just, like, stick a picture of Corton's face on this and this could be a new piece of religious art? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let's put a pin on that because we're in the middle of combat, but I do like the idea of you walk into a store which seems to be selling art of men with guns is kind of their primary uh, thing they sell here. And then there's like a rack of watches. Uh, there are three halflings who are surprisingly um, well kept for halflings. Your experience with them so far has been as kind of like dirty, blood-covered cannibals. These ones have had a, a couple days or maybe a week in this mall, basically just like getting washed up, getting dressed. Um, they're all wearing uh, like the what's the GameStop uniform? It's just kind of like a, a collared t-shirt <laughs> and slacks. I think you just said they're like a black. No, is that Target? It's a black Target polo. Target? It's black collared polo, typically embroidered with a logo on the left breast, and uh, and and slacks, uh, gray or black, typically. Okay, so there's three halflings like that. You see that they also have pink crystal uh, growths on their body. One seems to have one kind of coming out of their chest, like butt bursting a button on their shirt. This one opens the back door to like the manager's office and runs inside and closes and locks it. Another one has like one coming out of the side of their head, almost like a kind of like a horn or an antler. And then there's one who's like standing behind the cash register who has uh, crystals like pushing out of their knuckles. So that's what you see here, Vindros. Okay. Uh, walking in, Vindras is going to cast um, Spiritual Weapon and come in, come in, axe, axe ready. This is so interesting because I didn't know if this was going to work or not. Um, this, this thing I've done here, but it actually works perfectly because Spiritual Weapon, I believe, is a concentration spell. On the thing I'm looking at, it doesn't say concentration spell. Okay, so Spiritual Weapon is not 
uh, a concentration spell, which means actually this doesn't no, nothing happens. Sorry, I'm I'm leaving this in because it's it would have been interesting just because the way this show works is nothing's really planned. We just kind of roll with the punches. So sometimes it's interesting to see what traps you don't step in. <laughs> well, I'll make sure not to do any concentration spells now. Thanks. Oh, Laura, play with up. me. Okay, I'll play in the space. I'll keep an eye out for any that might be funny to do. Um, okay, so what's your spiritual weapon? Um, I'm going with the, the glowing the glowing variant of the Axe Baloney again. Alright, so two things happen. One is that the halfling with the crystal growing out of their head uh, tries to headbutt you. Uh, Levin's gonna miss your AC, yep. and then the one with the uh, the one with the crystals out of their knuckles actually punches at you twice, twenty four and twenty three. Those are gonna hit. And then actually the hatch- halfling is going to action surge and punch you two more times, twenty four, eighteen. My word. Uh, the eighteen does not hit, but anything over a twenty there hit. That's incredible because I did not. Uh, th- they have the same bonus. It wasn't like one is like jacked and one is not jacked. Yeah, I'm now looking like, ah, oh, quick, does my character have anything to avoid getting hit other than ridiculously high AC? I don't think so, really. That's fine. Alright, you take 14 damage. So basically what happens is you walk into the you walk into the game and watches, you see three halflings, one runs into the back room, one tries to run at you and headbutt you with his head crystal, and you just kind of push him away because he's not uh, very impressive. But then the one leaps over the counter and just begins going apeshit on you with its, its knuckle crystals. And this one is like, it seems extremely powerful, it's like... It's wailing on you. I want to say specifically, this one uh, is, is like a woman. She's in her nice uh, game game store uh, outfit, her uniform, and she's just going ham on you like you've never seen before. And um, you actually, yeah, you take fourteen damage. What do you do about that? Oh, that's that's less than ideal. I'm not super happy about that, as you can imagine. Um. Uh, you know what? Let's go in with the spiritual weapon on one of those enemies, and I'm gonna. Yeah, so let's just do regular attack first and see how this does. Does a 13 hit? Uh, yep. Okay, wonderful. And let's roll that damage. Uh, that's 12 damage. Alright, so basically your spiritual axe uh, hits the, the, the halfling who just punched you, yes? Yeah, whichever one just did me some big damage, f- fuck you in particular. <laughs> All right, so that's the opening clash of this fight. As you summon this this weapon, the one jumps over the counter and starts wailing on you. You hit back with your spiritual weapon, and there's a moment where the three of you are standing in this this game store, kind of facing each other down. And the the punch the <laughs> the punch halfling says, "You're pretty good, but we have you outnumbered. We have twelve conduits. You have one. You've got big." crystals in your head that's not quite the same thing as I, I don't understand this stuff fully as far as i understand if i just leave you be you'll eventually explode into salt dust or whatever goes on with you um i think i like my chances yeah the halfling who uh, who tried to headbutt you to no effect holds their head as if they're in pain and says yeah that's why we have to we have to capture you for the god king so he'll he won't let us die we have to make him proud Hey, I get the impression this is the kind of man that no matter what you do, he's not going to help you. He's already helped us more than you. You killed all of our friends. Uh, You were doing a lot of people eating. 
Yeah, the the one who punched you, the punch halfling says, "We know what you're up to. We know we 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 had to be better. This isn't about them. This is we have to get you for the God King. That's all this is. Don't take it personally." I I don't take it personally, but I warn you, as soon as you are no longer useful, I it, he's just gonna let you explode into salt. It's it's. This is not someone who's going to go, Ah, oh, you did very well. I will expend time and energy keeping you around now. You got the crystal in your head, you're going to explode. That halfling says, Then I'll just have to keep being useful. You can call me Effort. I didn't have a name before, but the God King gave me one. And for that, I owe him my life. And she lunges at you. Uh, 11, 11, action surge. As you may have figured out by now, her conduit is that she gets an action surge every turn instead of the several times per long rest that a fighter would get it. 20 and 20. 20 is exactly the AC, unless I have a thing to... No, I don't think I do. No, no that, that, that hits my AC. Boop. Uh, 10 damage as she punches you again. She hits you right in this armor that has protected you from all kinds of blows. And the pink salt crystals just punch through it. Just like as if it was cardboard. These things are way more dangerous than any weapon you've come across. Mm. Um, and they they burn like hell. Like, you know, that you've heard the phrase, like, salting the wound. That's yeah. literally what's happening. Um, and the one behind you is still, like, holding his head in, as if in pain. And you see, like, it looks like his nose is bleeding a little bit. Um, and he is, his pain, uh, psychically transfers to you and you need to make a wisdom saving throw. I had a plus five bonus on that and I got an eight. That's not going to do it. Oh my gosh. That roll is so bad. You only take a mere one damage as you get a mild headache because he tries to pass his, uh, suffering on to you. He says, Mm. I'm worried. Oh, I'm so worried. Oh no. Are we, are we fighting the seven dwarves? Is that what's happening? <laughs> well, there's 12 of them, so that would be weird. Yeah, the the, the 12 dwarves. Well, that's why you've got, like, effort in there. You had to add some extras you to make it work. Up, yeah. yeah, Horny did not make the Disney film, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's because they're all horny, Conrad. No. Listen, I'm just telling you, all the old uh, fairy tales are much darker than you think. They're much yeah. randier than you think. Yes, they are. Okay, is it is it my turn to do stuff again? It sure is. Um, would it take an action for me to consume? I, I believe I have it written in my equipment list as a Novocaine healing potion. <laughs> it's not an action. It's called an interaction to do, do a simple thing like picking up or dropping an item. Or uh, literally the book says putting something in your mouth. Sure. Which I just thought was funny. In that <laughs> case, funny. I don't know exactly what effect this gun is going to have, but I have a Novocaine healing potion that we stole from a dentist's office at some point. I'm having, having some of that. <laughs> Yeah, that's very funny. So what I mean, what happens mechanically is you get you go back to full health. What happens uh, narratively is uh, Laura's gonna have some fun with a, a numb mouth voice for the rest of the episode. Stick some stick some like cotton balls in your mouth. I I don't know how to do that and have it not sound like I'm doing a weird voice. Um, get really stoned. Your mouth will get really dry. I I can find something. Give me a sec. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was gonna happen. Or the marbles, <laughs> like my fair lady. Uh-huh. How's the it? How's this? Very good. This would be great for deliciousness. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. <laughs> Alright, so Vindros, it's your turn. Okay, well, whichever one I most want to deal with. Uh, for effort, 
Let's cast Inflict Wounds. Oh, dear. Okay, yeah. that's a con save, I believe. Uh, no, I just do a melee spell attack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. So these halflings are, are not armored whatsoever. They're just basically out here in GameStop uniforms, so their AC is pretty bad. Is eight enough to do it? Eight is not enough to do it, no. Uh, 11 damage. Uh, halved is what, five? Yeah. So the way I believe this looked before you described it, it was just like a, a beam made out of cutting. It's a, like a very metaphysical, just like slashes through the air. Indeed. Uh, and yeah, so uh, Effort like dodges out of the way and like throws himself back over the counter and this like slams into the wall and just video games fr- f- go everywhere. Just like they all are blasted off the wall and now you're you're wading through game boxes. Oh no, the resale value. all right here it comes again effort's gonna try to uh uh, basically kung fu you here uh 21 21 21 (laughs) 20 how are you rolling this good i don't even know that's that's not how math works no that's how this season works come on Can, can you give can you give at least one of these good rolls to me austin it's my birthday one of them's mine now those are the birthday rules all right, she does 15 damage as she d- fucking does a capoeira move over the fucking counter and starts spin kicking you like Eddie Gordo. Um, she is a total friggin' badass. I had no idea. In the corner, uh, Worry kind of whimpers and tries to psionically attack you again. Uh, that's a wisdom saving throw. Oh, that's six. All right, you take eight damage as you're, you're I mean, you're a, a bug person. I assume you have some kind of nose. I was going to say your nose starts bleeding, but I realize you don't have like a really proper nose. But uh, you are in psychic pain, and your mind is kind of like a, a rush with all these different worries. Specifically, Vindras, what are you worried about? I think Vindras is worried about what if she can't get back to Corton and Corton needs her, and she's not there to look after him this time. Aww. All right, it's your turn. Effort is the one you've been uh, fighting uh, fiercely. Uh, they they seem pretty badly hurt, but they're, they're very dangerous. Yeah. What do you do? F- I'm, I'm sticking with Effort. Effort is the one I'm concerned about right now. Yeah. So let's attack with the spiritual weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20. Oh, yeah. Uh, I rolled real bad damage there, so I'm going to use my one of my psionic die for Psy Guided Strike to re-roll that damage die. Uh, oh, that's perfect. So I now do 14 damage, uh, but because I rolled an 8 on my psionic die, my psionic die becomes a d6 until my next rest. All right, so you, you use maximum psionic force... Uh, to uh, power up this attack, but the yeah. effort means your next psionic ability won't be as powerful. How does this yeah. look to you? Because you've 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 won. Is this lethal or non-lethal? Um, I think the aim is for this to be non-lethal. Mm-hmm. It's incapacitating, but there's no need for this to be murder. Okay, so how does this look to you? Is so their uh, effort jumps over. I mean, effort is just like a whirling dervish of punches and kicks, and they're kicking your ass, frankly. And what do you do to turn the tide to win this this melee? Um, I think I think Vindras sort of is sprinting up full force, ready to really go at it with this spiritual weapon. <coughs> 
go take that out of my mouth for a second. No, um, you can have it out for the rest of the time. It's bad for the audio. It's just a very funny gag. <laughs> uh, um, so v- Vindras comes in full force, and as this psionic power adds to her swing, it's as if the axe is being propelled forwards in her hands. Like, this should, by all accounts, be a fatal blow. And at the last minute, she just turns turns it a little, so it's no longer blade first, it is side of the axe into them. And with the force it's it's come in with, with the speed it's been swung, it's still enough to incapacitate them, but it's not axe right through the centre of a person. <laughs> okay, interesting. So basically what happens here is between efforts, uh, flurry of blows, and between worries, psychic assault, you may have lost this fight, but because of your psionic training, you are able to control your weapon with such specificity that you like basically t- telekinetically push it around their their attack and knock them unconscious with the the back of the the blade. So it's yeah. like if it weren't for your work with Weaver, you might have died here. Hooray! Competency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, worry is just uh, that you see one of the the blood vessels in their eye pop, and they just begin kind of crawling out of out of the game and watches. Do you allow them to run away? Um. I allow them to run away. I think they are too. They're probably going to be too worried to pick a fight by themselves. <laughs> so they scamper away. Uh, right now, uh, Vindros, you're in the games and watches all alone. There's a door at the back. It's locked. Uh, in inside, you hear something going on. You hear like a low low talking, but you can't make it out by the time you get there. Uh, I'm going to attempt to just kick this door, just brute force. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you're you're a very strong character. So why don't you give me a strength check? Uh, that's an eight. That's not a particularly strong kick on that door. No, you just kick the door and it just kind of is... The lock holds. I've never actually been in uh, a position to try this at the back of a GameStop. I'm very curious now if it can hold up to a good kick. It can. <laughs> yeah. I think I think in most it wouldn't have to. If you kicked the door in the back of a GameStop, the teenager on the couch would probably panic and just open the door for you. Um, so what happens here is you hear on the other side of the door, you hear Young say, No, please! And then the, you hear a halfling say, I'm sorry. Uh, I kick the door hopefully much harder. S- kick it again. <laughs> Lola Beans. Ah, uh, hello. Hello, you go to the accessory hut, huh? I love, I love huts and I love accessories. All right, so you run in there. You also see uh, three halflings. You see um, one who has wearing a bunch of hats, <laughs> just w- like seven hats all on top of each other, just like a Jenga tower of hats. Uh-huh. Uh, you see one who's wearing way too many sunglasses. They have like three on their nose, and then they were also wearing them as like uh, they have them basically uh, uh, tied together as like bracelets and uh, ankle <laughs> accessories. They've just they don't really understand what glasses are. <laughs> Oh god! I say, is there belts? Is there like a one trying to Final Fantasy it? Yeah, fucking hell! Of course, Lauren. The last one is all belts. Outfit made of belts. <laughs> all belts. I think it's very cool. Hey, hey! You you laugh at that like that's not eighty percent of Final Fantasy protagonists. All belts. Just all belts. So one thing that happens when you enter the accessory hut is uh, one of the people in this room is the conduit of discernment, so they oh. can. They immediately see all of your weaknesses, and they immediately oh. know you understand your style, the way you move, how this manifests mechanically is I roll three d20s, and then I can replace any of the rolls they make in the rest of this combat with these rolls if I want to. 
Uh, so 18, 13, and 17 are those roles I can use at a later time for this character. Okay. But uh, like Vindross, as you enter the accessory hut, you kind of have the drop on this group. All right, great. So uh, so there's three? There's three. There's three. We each get three. All right. And they're humanoids. Yep, they're all halflings. All right, so I'm going to do a shot at each one. All right. (laughs) You just immediately open fire. Boom. Uh, 27, 26, 12. Holy dear. Okay, so yeah, 27 and 26 hit. uh, 12 does not. All right. Uh, me 11 and a 12. All right, that's that's decent damage. You you just kick open the door to the accessory hut and just shoot two of them. <laughs> just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So you just pop, pop. You just shoot two of them, and the the one that you don't shoot goes, "Oh my god, holy shit!" And then just runs forward and tries to grapple you. They are the conduit of possessiveness, which means they can grapple you automatically, no saving throw. So they just damn it. They run up and they just put you in a headlock. First thing that happens. That's their turn. Well, the second one. I don't like it. Yeah, the second one. Uh, you. Where did you shoot this one? I want to say like you shoot them in like basically in the. Uh, no, it's... the butt wouldn't hurt them that badly. But wait, you said the butt. <laughs> that's not. A, that's not a good place to shoot if I'm trying to take out enemies. But it'd be hilarious. I think that is very funny. I like the idea that so Weaver is tied up in the corner of the accessory hut. Someone's like checking on his bindings and you just shoot that halfling in the butt. Um, <laughs> they turn around, uh, pull the, the the bolt, the quill out of their butt and you see it like with great pain. And then that guy says, hmm, most discourteous. I am vanity. And you see the blood crawl back up their leg as they are healed as any... Uh, damage you do to their outer appearance Im- immediately repairs itself. Uh-huh. Vanity, huh? Yep. And then the last one, who you also shot, um, this is Discernment, who can replace their roles with these these roles I made at the beginning. And this one looks at you. Uh, this I want to say the, the Vanity has belts, uh, Discernment has hats, and uh, Possessiveness has sunglasses all over them. So they're rattling with sunglasses as they're grappling you. Like like a little like a little rattlesnake. Yeah. Uh, dis- discernment has seven hats on, and they run over, and uh, a c- pink crystal bursts out of their, uh, their like, arm bone, and they basically try to spear you with it. Oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But they have, they have read you, like, a book. They know exactly how you dodge. They're very... Um, keyed into your movements. This is like their whole specialty. 20. Well, yeah, that would do it. Uh, 12 damage as he just fucking stabs you. Um, how do I ungrapple? Um, uh, so you can spend your turn strength checking with this person, but basically they're harmless. All they're going to do is grant other people advantage. Okay. Um... thinking about i have babies that i can use mm-hmm. um yeah I, also- I mean we can skip we can skip this entire shit if you just say something like that i i would really love to uh i haven't done it yet uh-huh so i'm kind of want to call on some big old animal yeah, so basically you've had the ability to do this the entire campaign, but at first you were trying to keep it a secret from the party, and then the whole last arc you were trying to keep it a secret from the Aethar. And exactly, I had basically, but now I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, so basically the entire last arc, I had this guillotine set up that if you relied on the super powerful ability, the Aethar would go fucking bananas. And you, you didn't ever use it. So you never had to deal with any consequences. But now you're out of the woods and you're a god, so... <laughs> well, I'm going to do like a, a real good whistle. Uh-huh. I can't whistle me, Lauren, as a person. Yeah. I can know. I was going to go... <laughs> that almost sounds like one, right? Yeah. Um, but I would like the biggest, beefiest baby, please. Okay, so do you have one in mind, or do we want to workshop one as a group here? Ooh, well, I thought you said you had animals, like, in mind already. I did, but I think uh, because of the nature of this episode, which is that everyone is kind of uh, on their own for 20 minutes or so, I think this might be a fun opportunity to get Chris and Conrad off mute to make an animal with us. I don't know, if it's something really long... Uh-huh, I love it, be so far. it'd be easier to, like, help so they come get me, and then they're so long, they can, like, kill someone with their tail on the other end of the mall. What if it's, like, a ferret dragon? Okay, we already did a dragon. I don't want to double up. Ferret, obviously, you know I love it. When you said long, though, I immediately thought snake or eel. <laughs> I, like, or, like, a, like a dachshund. <laughs> like a giant dachshund with wings. <laughs> I mean, that's very funny. Like a like a eagle dachshund. <laughs> that's I mean that's almost like a griffin though. Where that's a it's like a griffin, but it's a dachshund. Do you know about the serpapard? What's a serpapard? That's a real. Well, it's not real. It's a mythical creature from Egyptian mythology. When I say real, though, I mean I didn't make it up. It is part leopard, part serpent. Serpent, leopard, serpapard. Oh, I love that. I was also thinking, like, what if it was like a really, really, really long seal? Mm. Okay, I know you're all about that life. <laughs> you know I want a long seal. Oh wait, is it an eel seal? Eel seal, a seal. S e e l. Yeah, seal <laughs> spelled like the Pokemon. Okay, I do love that, and we could definitely uh, work with this. I do want to drop a link here for Superpard, which sounds oh, no, like I'm a looking at it. That's kind. Of, I'm gonna utilize that later because I love it. Look at that guy. Oh, that's that's fascinating. Look at that stupid neck. <laughs> I like the one from Magic where he's prowling in the tree. He looks so happy with his little tongue. Yeah, the Magic set Amonkhet, which is basically their ancient Egyptian uh, world, is there is a serpapard there, which is how I learned of it. Admittedly, nice. you caught me. Uh, so does the seal make like the seal noises? Well, you can do this once per once per long rest, which means like once per arc, which ultimately means like four times per campaign. So this is really your moment to shine. There's no save. You tell me how this uh, seal uh, gets you out of this situation. Uh, the right now, three halflings. There's vanity who can heal from anything. There's possessiveness who will keep you grappled so everyone else gets advantage. And there's discernment who will always stab you in your weakest parts, basically. So together, uh, they're a pretty potent team. And this is a great time to call them back up. How does, the, how does this work out? So I do a big old whistle um, that Lauren can't make with her real mouth, but Lola can't because she's a god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being a god means you know how to whistle. That's one of the perks. Uh, but so I call, I do the special whistle, and I like to think uh, <laughs> straight through the ceiling, barreling through, <laughs> uh, comes the seal, and it just clamps its little puppy mouth. On who's holding me? That's possessiveness. Possessiveness. He get chomped. He's eaten now. Okay, so the seal just tears his head clean off with its mouth. Yeah, he just eats him. 
Oh shit! I, I'm I never claimed to be a peaceful god. <laughs> okay, that's badass. And he's really big. He's hungry. Yeah. I, I, okay. I want to say at this point, Vanity is gonna try to flee this combat scene. I think Discernment still thinks they can kill you before this goes down, but Vanity's fucking out. Uh, I'm uh, I would uh, take up with your friend there and run while you can. Because as long as you're not attacking me and my friends, I don't really give a shit what you do. But if you're going to stay and fight, you're going to get eaten, dog. Nope, discernment is going to attempt to stab you through the heart. So, uh, crit. Well. Damn, you really had the chance, son. Damn. Uh, 22 damage. I'm actually, I'm still in it. I'm still in it. I'm still in it. Oh my god, I can't believe this. Okay, so Discernment puts their whole entire crystal blade into your chest, and like there's a slow motion x ray, like from Mortal Kombat. You see it's like going between your rib cages, between the ribs, and right towards your heart. And right before it gets there, what happens to this halfling? Uh, it gets sealed. He, I like to think he smacks him down with a big flipper, uh, and then just like eats him whole, like a snake eats an egg. Lauren, did I tell you about my my one dream? Actually, I have two dreams. One is the awkward hawk, which I've told on a podcast before, so I won't re- I won't rehash that. The other is the 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 deal seal. The deal seal. Yeah. I vaguely remember this, but tell me again. It's my dream to one day have a business and I do deals, and so whenever I seal a deal, I can call in my deal seal, who will seal the deal. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> that's what this seal is doing for me. But the deal is death. <laughs> the deal is death. So okay, I thought this episode was going to be called Seal with many E's, but the deal is death is also very. Good. <laughs> oh, the deal, D E L. Oh, okay, yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so vanity pieces the fuck out. Possessiveness and discernment are sealed. Um. So there. Bye. 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 Suck bye. it. Bye. Um. So then I imagine Weaver and I will just let, like chill for a few minutes and smooch. <laughs> not each other the, the sloth till we are back to health oh fuck okay that'd be funny but no i don't I know if that well yeah i don't know no i'm gonna kiss an animal and get health from it uh-huh okay this is interesting you gave me a magical seal i don't know wait you did give me a magical seal but also a magical sloth i don't know what you expected me that's true okay next up i have uh Corton, is that true? Are you in this food court, my dude? I believe so. All right, so you run up on the food court. Uh, there's three uh, halflings here in three different uh, food. Uh, what are they called? Stalls? Kiosks? Kiosks, right? Uh, yeah, stalls probably. But, I mean, kiosks are freestanding typically. Mm. Storefronts? I don't know. Yeah. So th- one uh, one of the f- food vendors here is Cinnamon Bun Bun, which is a Cinnamon Bun vendor with their mascot, who's a big bunny, and the halfling is dressed up in their mascot costume, just a big, rotund bunny rabbit. Uh, the next up is Fry World, which sells only fried things. You see that this person is just dressed up in a striped, uh, basically like McDonald's uniform. It's They don't have a mascot. They look very um, happy to not be in a heavy-duty mascot costume. And finally, Dr. Smooth, which is a smoothie store, and their mascot is a giant uh, smoothie man, like an anthropomorphic smoothie, but he has on uh, – well, that – that mirror that doctors wear on their head, and he has a stethoscope. He's Doctor Smooth. Okay. I I would 
implicitly trust anyone called Dr. Smooth. I don't know, that shouldn't be a trustworthy name. But I trust it. It sounds like the name for, like, um, like a waxing salon. (laughs) Oh, I was, I was, I was picturing more like 3am, uh, lo-fi radio DJ. Oh, yeah, that also makes sense. Yeah. All right, just as in the last two examples, Corton, you can do something before they attack you. What do you do? Um... Okay, so but we're gonna have to do something to deal with them before you know. I'm not gonna be able to figure out where they're keeping anybody to get past them in advance. So, all right, so we got Cinnabon Bon, Cinnabon Bon, Cinnabon Bon Bon, Cinnabon. Okay, sorry, that's yeah. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> and then we've got Doctor Smooth. Hmm. And we got the Fry guy. I was going to do a Fry costume, but I didn't want to just steal Frylock from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And that's the <laughs> only way that was going to shake out. Doesn't one of the kids in Steven Universe wear a Fry costume, too, for his, the Fry shop? Yeah. Fry bon. a lot of Fry shops. Cinnabon Bon's freaking me the fuck out. Yeah, it's a really creepy, big, uh, rosy-cheeked bunny costume. Yeah. It's some ser- serious uh, Donnie Darko vibes. Yeah, so... Uh, Corton's going to cast Suggestion on Cinnabon Bon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they need to make a wisdom saving throw. And uh, Corton is going to suggest you got that thing in you with the crystal. You've only got a limited amount of time left. And if I'm totally honest with you, you could do much more with it than dying right here, right now. You should go. So you say that, and that'd be very interesting, because with a single role, you could just take this person out of the fight. Unfortunately, uh, the person who works, uh, the person who's wearing the Fry World uniform is the conduit of egoism, which means they can force you uh, to only interact with them. Uh, and basically anything you try to do to someone else simply fails. And so that right now what happens is you attempt to use your magic on them using the power of your your voice as a kind of cult figure and the magic uh is killed in the air as it tries to go towards them um and you just feel this pull from the person in the fry uniform as if they are the center of the world right now Mm, i don't like competition yep uh immediately the the halflings attack the they begin throwing knives at you uh from the kitchens while the fry uniform halfling throws a bucket of uh you know a fry bat uh, what's it mm-hmm. called? The deep fryer. The, the the deep fryer. Yeah, the deep fryer. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's that? Not a basket. It's like a thing. You. What's the actual thing? You can pull pull up out of it, full of boiling. It is a basket. Yes. Oh, okay. The basket throws the basket of uh, boiling oil at you. But the thing the, is that the basket doesn't actually really retain any oil. Yeah. So maybe they just knock it over and just spend, send boiling oil like across the floor at you, which is okay. I guess a dexterity saving throw. Yeah, to, I mean, like, I'm past. actually more frightened that they would be able to dislodge and tip over a industrial deep fryer for a commercial uh, fast food establishment. You said dexterity saving throw? Yes. Dex- well, they, remember, they've been here a week preparing to ambush the party. So so they've unbolted it is what you're saying. Uh, they've rolled an 11. That's exactly what I'm saying. So that fails. Uh, this is going to hurt. So this is all three of them uh, attacking you at once, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, 13, as you were hit by a stray knife, you you accidentally uh, run through the oil. Like, you try to run past the oil, you accidentally, you know, hit it with one of your feet, splashes you on the ankle, burns you badly. Um, they're all still just throwing things at you from all sides, and you're just uh, a guy. <laughs> you're the, the least obviously dangerous uh, person in the party, so it's, it's not great for you. What do you do? All right, well, let's... Uh... Well, let's deal with this fry guy. Yeah, yep. The person in, in the striped red and white kind of uh, fast food uniform, they're exerting this this psychic ego pressure on you. It's very yeah. familiar. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, and it sucks. And, you know, it's also going to suck, like, casting shatter on the tile underneath the pool of boiling oil that they just poured all over the place. Oh, shit. All right. So this is interesting because anyone who went to the went to the food court would have fought egoism. It wasn't this isn't specifically for Corton, but the way it worked out is very funny. So disadvantage. I'm gonna say actually this is the tile. It's the intent is to attack him in this way, though. It's not. So shatter on like uh, manufacturing materials gives disadvantage, basically. So mm. it's it's more advantageous for you to do it like that. Um, nine. So you'd have been 18 if you attacked the person, but it's a nine because you attacked the tile. So you are a genius. Oh, thank you. And so that's going to, um, yeah, erupt 10 foot radius sphere. They make a constitution saving throw. Or so three, three point three D eight damage on failed save. Okay. Yep. Cool. I roll that. I know how the game works. Someone has to. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it's 18 damage. To All right, so the tile around them explodes. They get hit with shrapnel uh, of linoleum and also just splashed with boiling oil. This is the conduit of egoism. So although he still has HP, uh, the burning uh, is very embarrassing and humiliating, having his turn back on him. And so he also runs. Okay. Yeah, so, so all, you might have noticed that, but the halflings are not always inclined to fight to the death. Yeah, no. So that leaves Cinnabon Bon uh, still hanging out and Dr. Smooth. Yes. Uh, so Dr. Smooth, at this point, is going to reveal that they are the conduit of covetousness. And he holds out a hand and is going to take one of your items that he covets. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be your loot. Okay. So you're going to lose the plus two to all your spell uh, rolls, and they, when it hit like lands in their hand, they are going to strum it at you and send out a shatter right back at you, bud. Constitution saving throws. They Now it's their weapon. Oh, my God. Got a nine. With yep. advantage. So you fail. 16 damage as the tile you're standing on explodes, and you are... Uh -oh. Blasted as if with a like a grenade, you have been shattered in return, and now this person has your magical loot. I was never really attached to the loot, if I'm totally honest. It was my first character's magic item. The fans are going to be so upset, but yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so Cinnabon Bun is going to, as the conduit of Langer, attempt to put you to sleep. They hop on over to you in their big bunny costume as you're blasted back by this shatter, and they attempt to just smother you with their big bunny mascot costume and snuggle you into unconsciousness where they can slit your throat at their leisure. Cool. Uh, 22. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, what? Um, yeah, no. Uh, Corton's out. 
All right. So the the uh, the <laughs> cinnamon <laughs> cinnamon bun, which is exactly what you were worried about. You knew this rabbit was no good. I knew. Begins cuddling you, and you just are enveloped in its mascot softness and wrestled to the ground. We'll cut back to Corton as he goes down. Uh, we'll cut back to you in a bit. Hey, guess what? I'm up to a little over two thousand cookies per second. Oh, cool! Cookie clicker still exists. Yeah, it's bigger and better than ever. It's the new big thing. All right. It's the only it's the only fantasy online game that's worth playing, as far as I'm concerned. Now, have you not played that game where you can become a level seventy eight mafia boss leader that I keep seeing in internet adverts advertising? You know what's amusing? So there's that one with like the like you got to move the keys, or the little dude gets burned by oh, acid yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they actually finally made the actual game based off that, and it's garbage, and no one plays it. I, I find that very amusing. That every mobile game will just pay to have their character put into that situation, but the actual game it's based off of, everyone's like, "This is terrible. I hate this." So, gentlemen, Bramwell, you chase uh, a halfling into the movie theater. Uh, the big sign outside uh, displays the the name of the place as Screen Peak Twenty. There's twenty uh, th- twenty theaters. That's too many theaters. I'm suspicious already. Um, in fact, I think the halfling you're chasing is the one that got hit with the guiding bolt, so it's glowing as it runs into the dark theater where otherwise it would be difficult to hit. But what do you do? You, I mean, you've been listening to the show so far, presumably, so yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. If there was a pattern, I'm definitely going to be up on it. This is great. I can surprise anyone with anything because no one's ever paying attention. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, before I ride into the movie theater, I would like to cast Shield of Faith on myself. Sick. Uh, so, so I'll give myself an extra bonus to AC. So you call on your newfound cleric powers to boost your your AC as like you have a magical shield around you now. You open the door to the darkened movie theater. You don't really understand what a movie theater is. Um, actually, I assume this is some kind of execution stadium. Like this is where executions were performed back in the day at the bottom, and everybody on this downward slope watched upon it. I like to think that in the God King's realm, everyone assumes all these buildings that are mysteriously out here are just for executions. The God King's going around telling everybody, like, no, that's for executions. That, oh, that building's for executions. (laughs) That building? Oh, executions. Library? Oh, in the old terms, that meant executorium. Thank you, bud. Uh, so you open the door. There, is, there are three halflings in here, but there it's dark, so you couldn't see them uh, except for one of the most hit with the guiding bolt. So you totally can. Thanks, Vindross. Uh, on the screen in the back, or I guess the front of the theater, it's projecting from the back. Uh, you see there's some kind of uh, moving picture show, uh, and the letters uh, from floor to ceiling spell out Sharko Twelve. It's Sharko again. Aww. That was a good one, but uh, unfortunately. The Sharko franchise jumped the shark after 11. That's when they went into space. Wasn't as good after that. Uh, so that this whole fight scene is taking place in front of this old-timey movie. All right. I wanna, I'm going to go ride down, and I want to beat the shit out of the glowing one. Yep. I'm going to hit it with the murder sign. Oh, yes. So you have this you have this stop sign. You don't really know what it is. But as you raise it up, uh, it smells blood in the air. And what is like dried crusty black blood on the blade part of it uh takes on a new fresh uh redness and actually begins like viscously flowing around the blade part of the stop sign occasionally revealing the letters beneath so like before you couldn't really tell it was just like a hexagonal blade on top of this pole but as it smells blood the the magical weapon itself uh the blood starts flowing 
like fresh and red and like around the sign occasionally revealing the letters. All right, I'm a swing. Yep, you get advantage on the guiding bolt one. Ooh. So a 27 for the first attack and then a 14 for the second attack. Yep, both hit. And you know what? I'm going to wait cuz I feel like you have something up your sleeve. Nope, roll damage. So- no, no, no. I mean, I'm going to roll damage. I just mean I'm not going to bust out all my cool special things. Uh-huh. This is so funny because I know what this is, what's going to happen. And the fact that you said that's very funny to me. Uh, So 27 damage. Oh, yeah. Lethal or non-lethal? That'd be lethal. 100%. Okay. So you bust into the movie theater. It tries to hide with its friends in the dark. You just run over and you just lop his head off with a single swing. And the head goes flying into the, uh, the back row and it lands in a seat back there. Yeah. Absolutely clean kill. It is now the halfling's turn. Uh, one halfling, uh, I mean, they're skittering through the dark, but they like leap out and try to stab you before disappearing into the dark again. So they're going to get advantage because they've been in here and they're acclimated to the dark and you are not. I was born in darkness. Oh, God. Twenty-one's a hit. Uh, and 11 is a miss, although that would have been a botch if not for the advantage. So thank God for that. Uh, you take seven as someone, uh, the two shanks are, uh, lunged at you in the dark. Only one, uh, gets through your armor and hits flesh. Uh, but then they skitter away. There are two halflings in here. What do you do? I would like to cast light upon my murder sign. Oh my God. This fucking shit. You can't believe you're a cleric. That's okay. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, it always, you always have the right tool for the job, huh? Yeah, that's that's what I'm here for. Um, all right, you reveal two halflings here who are wearing like movie theater usher uniforms. Um, one, upon being revealed, immediately splits into four. Just like its body rips in four directions, and now it's four halflings. Do they seem smaller, or are they all the same size? Uh, they all seem the same size. Can I roll an insight to detect if this is some kind of sorcery? Our uh, religion, for all things relating to conduits, because that's kind of replaced religion in our world, in our universe. I got a crit. Oh, shit. Well, it's a crit. So you know for 100% fact that this is the conduit of duplicity, and uh, only one of these is material. The other three are illusions. This is essentially the spell uh, Mirror Image. Now, because I crit on it, I would know which one's the Mirror Image, right? Uh, Let's say... uh, I mean, I crit. Let's say, okay, I was going to make you roll a d4, and you you have to have one in four chance. So let's say it's now evens and odds instead of the exact number. Okay. All right. I want to ride and cleave this boy in half. All right. So I'm going to roll a d4, evens or odds. You pick. If you get it right, you, you can attack the right one. Tails never fails. Give me those odds. Three. It didn't fail. Oh, All right. I'm gonna I'm pop this bitch. Holy shit. I can, God, Bramwell is just big dicking this entire thing. Uh, 27. Christ. And my thing got slow there. 14. Yep, both those hit. Uh, 32 damage. Holy shit, lethal or non-lethal? Lethal, <laughs> my boy, you can stop asking. But I'm only giving these guys quarter. You fucking crazy Hannibal, uh, cannibals. All right, so is any particular, uh, picture you want to paint with your stop sign? Uh, I'd like to imagine it's like, were they holding a weapon? Yeah, they have like a they have like uh shanks basically. They have like little daggers. I think they were like going up to like uh like stab and I swing my murder sign up 
to like knock their weapon out of their hand, and then I want to dunk that stop sign down on their head. Do you have an in-universe explanation for how you knew which one was the right one? Obviously, out of universe, you just rolled and were, you know, you won the roll. But, like, in-universe, how does Bramble just have such, like, laser precision to nuke the right one? Uh, we're in, like, a movie theater and there's lights constantly flickering. I like to think that maybe the illusions give off, like, a, a poor flicker of light because they're not fully real. Oh, fuck. That's so good, too, because you turn on the lights. I was thinking in the dark, that effect would be com completely imperceptible. But with your light shining, you can tell perfectly. That's so badass. Yeah. Now, on turn, is there that last one? Yeah, I mean, and th this one is going to, like, crawl up the wall. They're They're very, like monkey like dexterous right they're always climbing up walls and stuff so forth. like monkey like like as in a chimp or monkey like the D, D class with a y at the end or is it in a monk like fashion monk-esque that's very funny no they're they're rogues in D, D terms that's very funny though no basically this guy goes straight up the wall and like kicks out the projectionist booth and is just gonna try to escape do you do anything about that yeah i'm gonna ride after him Wait, uh, ride? You try? You brought preposterous at the movie theater? Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> All right, describe what you're doing. It would be preposterous for you not to have done so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I want to ride after them, and I guess what they go through the ceiling, just like a second story kind of deal. Yeah, in the projectionist booth of the theater. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I could just, like, leap up to it, but I think it's more funny if, like, they eventually have to go down a level and Bramwell's just waiting outside the door for them. Okay, yeah, so you would need to, like, figure out which door to go in to catch them. You don't have any uh, familiarity with movie theater, like, architecture in-universe. In I know out of universe you worked in a movie theater, so that's... Yeah, that was the best job I ever had. <sighs> so survival to work your way into the correct hallway. Uh, Fifteen. Yeah, okay. So basically the comedy scene is this ha this halfling kicks out the window, jumps into the projectionist booth, runs like down a hallway, through a door, down a stairwell. It's just like, phew, I made it. It turns around the corner and there's just a moose there. Yeah. And uh, then I want to I wanna attack it. I want to I wanna break this thing's face. Yeah. Uh, 19 and a 20. Okay, so that, everything hits. I just want to say, these ones didn't even get a chance to have any flavor before you murdered them. <laughs> like, this one looks up <laughs> and it says, like... these things supposed to have flavor? Yeah, it looks up and it's like, Please, mister, I just, I don't have any other choice. I'm full of crystals. You should have had someone who loved you. <laughs> 31 damage and he's dead. All right, you just paint the walls with his brains? Yeah, and then I will look over, and there's a movie poster on the wall that says "New Mutants coming soon," and you're just gonna be like, "That looks like garbage," and I want to ride away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So there are two events that are ongoing. Lola and Bramwell won their shit handily, but Corton has been incapacitated, and Vindros. Something's happening on the other side of the door. Um, Oh, I do want to say real quick that uh, you 15 on your survival, so you like work your way through all the movie theaters. Eventually, Bramble, you do find uh, the one that um, that Zer is tied up in. Okay, right, I want to rescue Zer. Yeah. Do you want to do anything with Zer before I cut back to uh, Vindros trying to save Young? How are you doing? Sleepy. Aww. That's very good. Would you like to rest on preposterous? Mmm, soft. Very soft indeed. Don't drool on him. He drools all over preposterous. 
Well, now I have to clean him. My day is ruined. Well, that's how you know he's sleeping good. Vindros, you're desperately kicking the, the door at the back of the game and watches. Um, oh, I, I, I stepped it up from a kick. The uh, the spiritual axe is, is coming out now. All right, so you make an attack on the door. We're, I'm looking for a 15 to chop it down. 17. All right, like... Jack Nicholson in The Shining, you just begin chopping through the door. You hear young whimper on the other side, and then you hear something hit the ground. Can I see what hit the ground? Yeah, you can peer through the axe hole in the door as long as you say, here's Johnny in the correct voice. Uh, what if I say, here's Vindros in that voice? Can I, can I get <laughs> yes, away with that? Can... Yes, absolutely. Oh, I have to do, I have to do the voice now, it's going to be terrible. Here's Vindros. <laughs> That's as close as you're getting. Yeah, I love that. So you look through uh, into the manager's office and you see Young collapsed on the ground, seemingly unconscious, and you see there's a hole in the ceiling. And that's it. No halfling. You are all right in here? Young does not respond. Uh, I pick up Young and attempt to check that he's all right. All right, yeah, you reach through the axe hole, unlock the door, open the door, look inside, roll medicine to check Young. Uh, eight. Uh, nope. Uh, for a second, you just, oh, Young is straight up dead uh, with an eight, and then you you do sense, uh, finally, some very light breathing. The sheer temptation to fix this problem with more Novocaine potions so that I can make you have to put something in your mouth and do a silly voice. You did have an extra one that I found. And that's a very funny idea. I'll just say that as much as you want to do that uh, for the comedic effect, I don't think it's actually going to work, so it would be wasted. Fine. I'm sorry. You just don't know the nature of what's happened to our friend here. I know I don't, but I want to hear you do silly voices, Austin. Is that too much to ask? No, I love doing silly voices. Uh, so, Vindros, you scoop Young into your arms and carry them out of the game and watches. Um, basically, the only thing left to do is save Corton, which I think the way that anyone realizes something bad's happening is uh lola you untie weaver yes you give give him the sloth smooches and after a moment he says uh hey thanks for helping me and everything i don't super want to stand up right now very beaten up but uh i think you should go to the food court and save your buddy or he's gonna get put in the deep fryer oh all right well Mortimer, Mortimer, Mortimer is the name of the seal now, uh, and Mortimer and I are gonna go get some snacks at the food court, I guess. Uh, Weaver says, I'm gonna go try to contact the other psychically and bring him to the food court, but you wanna go ahead with uh, your friend Mortimer, and I'll see you later, little, little lady. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna leave Slouch Green with you so you can help if you, you know... If anybody needs some help. Sounds good. Help them. All right. Uh, so, uh, mush! I don't know. It's up to you, what? Lola Beans, to save Corton. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming right on the seal. It's like, uh, do you think it's more like Spirited Away or the never-ending story? Never-ending story, absolutely. It's Falcor. Falcor to the max, but with like a big baby puppy face. Uh, animal handling to get Mortimer to follow your directions, because remember, you do not own animals no. which you use your conduit to summon they're their own people yeah oh. well i bought some sorry Corton. you died you dying that's not the correct die 
Oh, thank Christ. Okay. Woo! 18! That's better. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I would have missed that. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, if you actually botched, I think we would need to have a discussion about if Corton dies here. But with an 18, uh, you ride the seal down to the food court and you find um, Cinnabun Bun and um, <laughs> Dr. Smooth are trying to jam Corton into the, the deep fryer, which they're waiting for it to heat up. Can they both fit inside the seal's mouth? Like two crunchy snacks at once. Like, uh, I'm sure they smell like food. Go for the bunny! Go for the bunny. It smells like cinnamon. It's probably the tastiest. Oh, okay. Uh, Lauren, can you read to me all of your equipment? Because uh, the conduit of covetousness wants to steal one of your items. What a bitch. I have a crowbar. Uh-huh. Um, I have my rocks. Your bag of rocks. Um, and I have my quiver full of quills and component pouch. That's the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and leather armor, which I'm wearing. So mostly a crowbar and some rocks. I, yeah. I mean, it's, okay. listen, you know, if they're going to. I hope this halfling understands that if they come for my rocks, they're going to get bitten in half. No. The conduit of covetousness holds out a hand, and the Hecbo flies uh, <gasps> out of your Bitch. hands and into theirs, and immediately they flip it around and shoot you with it. No, they don't. So roll damage against yourself and uh, roll attack and then damage against yourself as you shoot yourself, essentially. Am I my own favorite enemy? You're not your own favorite enemy. <laughs> okay, I don't have to roll that. Okay, I was really worried. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> I rolled a 22. All right, yeah. Uh, which it, hits. I love this as like this classic Denzel Washington move. I don't know if you've ever seen like Man on Fire. He does this a lot where people point a gun at him and then he just fucking... I don't know, does some Krav Maga shit and immediately... Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, it's really... Uh, I rolled an eight damage on myself. Okay, not as effective as what I was describing, in which case he just, like, takes the gun, flips it around, shoots you in the head. Instead, uh, it hits you in the armor. You're still at range because you're riding in on the seal on Mortimer. Uh, it hits you in the armor. You take eight damage, and Mortimer slips out from under you and begins uh, just savagely chomping uh, Langer in the bunny suit. Uh, so that's that's happening there. It's now you and covetousness, aka Doctor Smooth, in the, in the smoothie costume. What do you do? Uh, I use Bradley to grappling hook my bow back. Ooh, all right, strength contest. Very interesting use of your animals. Let's see, how strong is Doctor Fuck? Nineteen, Doctor Fuck. <laughs> Doctor Fuck, and I rolled a fourteen. All right, so uh, the Panglora shoots out its tongue, tries to wrap up the Heckbo and pull it out of his uh, out of Doctor Smooth's hands, aka covetousness, who, uh, in response, simply just shoots you again. So roll on yourself. You have all those stats in front of you. I do. The tables have turned, Lola Beans. No, I rolled a nine, so I didn't hit myself. Well, he didn't hit me with my own weapon. Yeah. Okay. So you. Yeah. So what? Uh, does Stuart jump in front? Uh, no, I just think I do, like, a cool, like, step to the side. I want to use Stuart to sweep the, go for the knees. Okay, very interesting. So you've been disarmed, but now your animals are fighting on your behalf. 17! Oh, yeah. All right. Seven. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, not very bad. I'd say what happens here is Mortimer... Uh, well, you described to me how Mortimer uh, kills Langer. 
All right, so <laughs> I don't know how many of us here have uh, uh, watched Madoka Magica. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Spoiler, 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 spoilers. Uh, like how mommy gets her head eaten off. Just a tube comes down and uh, chomps, chomps his little noggin off. This is the most terrifying thing I, we've ever had on this show. You're welcome, but it's also really cute. So scary. Okay, so Langer gets uh, his head eaten off of his shoulders, and at this point, Covetousness, a.k.a. Dr. Smooth, uh, is going to run <laughs> because they just saw something very upsetting. Are they going to drop my bow? Uh, no, they're taking your bow, and they're taking uh, the, the loot. Oh, they're... Um, um, no, they're not. No? What do you do about it? Grapple them at the ankles. I'm going to grapple me. Yeah, I'm going to sweep the leg with the grappling hook. Uh, that's a great idea. Unfortunately, uh, free- previously, Egoism, a.k.a. the Fry Guy, uh, fled the scene, but now he has rallied his courage and returned to save his friend. And so just as you try to rip out his ankles and feed him to your pet, Egoism returns and your attack fails because all eyes must be on him. Uh, just chase. You you attempt to give chase and cannot. Egoism draws your attention like a like the like a black hole. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I'm thinking of my crap. Uh, at any point, am I gonna be able to roll to wake up? Yeah, I think I, Lola could, uh, could, as her solution to this thing, wake you up. Yeah, that's how that would work. She would just need to say All that. All right, I'm going to slap him. Wake up! All right, well, at least that'll help even the odds a little bit. Yeah. So, Corton, you are woken up because egoism is preventing Lola from giving chase to Dr. Smooth. And she doesn't really understand what's going on, but she finds herself unable to chase the person who's running away. And so she wakes you up. My bow, you gotta get my bow and your loot if you want it, I guess. But I need my bow. Get my bow. All right, Corton's gonna cast suggestion on um, egoism. Oh Christ! <laughs> you make a wisdom saving throw. Your face looks really, really bad right now. Are you sure you want to make it worse? I uh, boss. Ah! Come on. How do you suck our dicks? The collective dick. So your suggestion is basically to flee? Yes. Uh, suggestion runs off. or So egoism runs off, and now the, the route is clear. I think at this point, um, it's like a mad dash for uh, covetousness to get away with your equipment. I'm trying to think. I think somewhere in here they have stashed an animal. Lauren, uh, it's going to be a serpa part unless you have you dis- disagree. No, I'm here for uh, – we got – you know, I've got – I got my seal. I'm here for a serpapod now. Okay, so it's imagine a leopard, but all of its limbs, its neck, its tail are all extremely long <laughs> and like serpentine for They're reasons so dumb. which are I love them. only known to ancient Egyptians. Um, but this halfling is smaller than a human, so it easily just leaps up onto the, the leopard's back and it takes off out a broken window and onto the salt flats with the heck bow and with this, the loot that Corton has, which increases his magic power. Um, what do you two do? This is up to you. Um, I mean, the seal is clearly flying. That's how it got here. It came through the ceiling. The ceiling? 
the ceiling. Can I? Uh, I mean, what is the what is the leopard to seal speed here? Can I give it? Can I give chase? Uh, well, what happened is I'm gonna roll athletics and you roll animal handling. Okay. I'll say, or I could hop onto one of the shores. Shores. No, I want to eat him. He deserves to die. Twenty-four. Seven. Oops. Yikes. I feel like that's good. I did good. That's better than 24, right? <laughs> um, right? Covetousness gets away with your items. Dog, gosh dag, nabbit. Oh, so easy come, easy go. I can. I feel like one of us has to know how to whittle, right? I can get a new bow. At least with the mall, maybe there's like bows and things. There's a sports store, maybe they have bows. So the sports authority burned down. Oh no, he's gonna I'm gonna he's gonna die very uh very violently later. Uh, Alright, so um eventually Corton you make your way back to the food court and you find um staples in a pretzel pre- in the pretzel store. I went through all of this for staples. <laughs> <laughs> I think specifically what's funny is you find Staples. She's not even tied up. She's just eating pretzels. And she's like, oh, hey, what's up? <sighs> she's like, yeah, I busted my bonds a while ago. I'm just got, I got peckish. So I heard some stuff going out there. I figured you had it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Completely under control. No. My bo- oh, wait, you're talking to Staples by yourself. I'll, I'll yell no, you get the background. It's just Lola screaming. <laughs> Yeah, and so I want to establish Mortimer ch- takes off after the Serpapard and Covetousness across the Salt Flats, and that's the last you see of Mortimer for a while as they like chase off like Roadrunner and Coyote to the horizon. Thank you! Uh, but yeah, Staples comes out of the, the pretzel stall just chomping. She's like, anybody seen the fancy mustard? They just got the regular kind. Everybody knows you gotta get the stone ground mustard. <sighs> I mean, every mustard is special and good in its own way. Sorry I didn't save any for you. I was really hungry. I don't have a weapon anymore. That's probably a good thing right yeah. now. Yeah. Um. So the team eventually meets back at the skiff, which has one wheel missing, and also Young will not wake up no matter what you do. Uh-oh. He's, like, hibernating. Cool. Can I attempt a medicine check on them? Everyone other than me, please help. Yeah. Anyone who wants to, let's do a group medicine check now. Does that include me? Can I try again? I got a five. Seven. I got a 13. But Nah, 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 nah. As far as any of you are concerned, Young is in the deepest coma. It's essentially death. Uh, No, the the whole group fails. None of you have any idea what's wrong. Young will not wake up. Uh, This is terrifying for everyone. Well, uh, let's wrap him up like a burrito in a blanket, and... Seems like a poor time to ask, but someone was at the pretzel store, right? (laughs) Did they have honey mustard there? (laughs) Uh, you stables? the king of the condiments. Did they have the (laughs) pizza-flavored ones, where it's like a pizza pretzel, and little pepperonis on it, and you dip it in the marinara? Staples clearly has like a bottle of the honey mustard and says no and squirts it on <laughs> just her mouth. Doesn't make any effort to hide the fact she's holding it. Alright, hold on. 
So a uh, 15 and a 14. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get real about this. You don't hide honey mustard. It's the king of all condiments. It's delicious. It's flavorful and low on calories. It's the perfect food. It is better than fucking water. Is that 15 to wrestle the honey mustard out of Staples' hands? Yes. Crit! <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm killing her. It's going to happen. I'm just going to kill her. Oh my god. Okay, so <laughs> she has to sleep at some point, all right? Uh-huh. Uh so you attempt to take the honey mustard from her. Uh, I think she just like lifts she like jumps into the air cuz she's a vulture and uses her her feet talons to like hook into your armor and just flies uh, uh, like up into the air with you and eventually just like drops you in the skiff and flies off to eat the pretzels with the honey mustard. I fucking hate staples. G- during all all this, because she has no idea how to help with the whole young situation, uh, Vindros is just trying to um, draw a new face onto one of the video game boxes. Uh, <laughs> picture like a um, a religious video game that's trying way too hard to make Jesus seem really cool. Um, so he's got like big rippling muscles and there's explosions, but it's clearly like a religious leader and just just drawing Corton's face onto onto the box art. This is like the U Testament somehow got a retail release. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently I'm alone and burrito and young, and so I guess I'm gonna have Stuart help me get his uh body on board because I figure get him on the ship and then we can figure it out later. And uh I mean I, I don't know about y'all, but getting wrapped up in a blanket always made me feel better. Can we attempt a new vehicle proficiency check to change our spare tire. Oh my god, you have to or you're going to damage it beyond repair. You can't drive on a f- missing tire. Man, I'm glad you you're spending the whole Chris. frame up. 19. Nobody else do it. <laughs> nope. No, I think we're good. We're good. Yep. Bramwell fixes the tire. Um, and just keeps everyone else away because they kept wrecking the dang skiff. And also the captain's unconscious. Um, but Yeah, it's very powerful dad energy right now. Um, but yeah, so the, the the thriller bark is ready to go to Harp City. There's a lot going on right now. Uh, obviously, first of all, is that uh, one of your party members will not wake up. Very terrifying. There is the fact that Corton... Uh, was handed a large package of drugs last time he was in the city and hasn't done anything with it. There might be consequences for that. There's the fact that half the team did a big murder in the main port last time, although Vindros did say last episode she was just going to bribe the guards. Yeah, I've got cash. It's all good. Yep, so that will work perfectly. Not even a roll necessary there. In, um, in, in my defense, I thought that I had been told somewhere to take that and just forgotten and then for weeks forgot to ask Austin about it. Just so we're clear. Yeah, what happened was you went to the apothecary. You said, I'm with the governor, Marcel, and if you're doing smuggling, you need to tell me or I'm going to shut you down. And he just bribed you by giving you a sack of drugs. But then you got high because everyone was there was like smoking in the the secret room. And then you just kind of wandered around in a drug haze until you got your nose cut off. So it makes total sense that even Corton, the character, would not be clear on the details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a really d- difficult time for you. But yeah, you have drugs. So that's an important sure part do. of it. Uh, covetous, covetous, uh, covetousness got away with two magical items from the party, and also some other halflings did flee and are still at large. Uh, vanity, most notably, and one that you so the one that talked in the intercom did something to Young and then fled through the ceiling, and that no one ever laid eyes on is another one. 
I like to think Bramble is talking to everybody else just as a moment. He's like, wait, yours talk to? <laughs> I'll also worry. Worry literally just like scampered away and is still out there technically. I mean, do we have to worry about worry? So the party gets back on the thriller bark and heads off to Harp City again. Um, there's probably something to talk about here. Let's first do player character conversations, then I'll have the NPCs chime in. But uh, strong feelings from anyone about the consequences of reactions? This bullshit. It is likely just a precursor to what we expect to face in the future as enemies of the God King. I should have just gone with Vindress. <laughs> and leave Staples to die. If Corton had gone with Vindross, Staples would be dead right now. Yep. Oh man, he should have just gone with Vindross. Right. We would have solved two problems. But we didn't abandon Staples, so now maybe she'll. I didn't know it was Staples. If I'd known it was Staples, I would have just gone with Vindross. Yeah, I think at, th- at this point, Staples actually does like kind of land next to Corton and say, Hey, nose guy, I just want to say, uh, you know, thanks for saving me or whatever, I guess. I mean, I was, uh, had a great pretzel time, but eventually if you hadn't shown up, they probably would have wrestled me into the deep fryer. So, like, that's chill. It's chill that you did that. Yeah, I, the deep fryer, let me tell you, not... Listen, I'm gonna take a nap or something right now. Cause yeah, you don't, you don't even want to talk to me a little bit? No, because every time I'm around you, I feel <laughs> tired. Okay, that's a legitimate choice. It's just interesting because uh, so Weaver gives people psionic abilities. Zer gives people thieves tools. Uh, Young gives people vehicle proficiency. I was going to have Staples give you level. Staples is insufferable. No, no, I want to have an angry talk with her, so that's fine. Okay, so Corton's going to pass on whatever Staples is going to offer, which is a totally fair choice. I just want to make sure, sure that's clearly what's, what's happening. Yeah. Sick. See, if I remember Knights uh, of the Republic 2, you actually have to refuse the initial buff that Hanhar gives you to actually get the real implications of that scene. So you just made the right choice there, buddy. Yeah, like you can't sleep with Jack if you want her to have a meaningful relationship with you later. Yeah, if, exactly. God, what a good game Mass Effect 2 is. It really is the perfect game. I mean, besides Cookie Clicker, that's, I mean, <laughs> look at all the cookies I've made. I was going to say Disco Elysium, but that too. I would like to angrily plap. Okay. Feet. Plap, plap, plap. Oh, that's your little feet on the on the ship's deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I saved you too. Why don't thank me? They took my bow. They took my bow. You owe me a bow. Help me find a new bow, please. Staple says, I, I mean, you showed up kind of late. Do you, are you just... Taking credit for the whole thing? It's just a st- uh, kill steal? No, it's, uh, it's called uh, teamwork and helping. Friendship. I mean, whoever brings the bag home gets the bounty. That's how it works. I'm not even saying I don't respect it. I just want to know what's happening. They took my bow. <laughs> they took it. <laughs> well, while Lola's being sad about that, um, Vindros is going to come over and go, I know that it's not quite the same, but I can owe you... I I know it's not quite the same, but I can give you a distanced weapon of a different variety for the time being, if it would help. And Vindras attempts to hand over the remaining shot put. Oh. Uh, Oh, you had another one? Yeah, I have written on my... Well, I had written on my equipment a couple of shot puts. 
I'm gonna take a shot put. Which t- to me says more than one, so I'm giving my rem- my second and remaining one to Lola. Till I get a replacement. Lola Beans is a kobold, uh, a small creature, absolutely cannot lift it, but I do love the, just the friendship implications, even if mechanically not actually useful, but I mean, she can I'm still attack. I'm aware it's unhelpful, but like, you know, who knows what animal Lola might bump into that is good at dropping shot puts at some point. Yeah, like, how strong are the chalk's talons? Maybe she can just... Drop it. A chicken could carry a shot put, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, chickens are known for their strength. <laughs> Famously? And their shot put carrying abilities. Uh, so Staples says, Lola, have you ever thought about using a different weapon? I was going to try to t- teach Corton how to kick ass because he's getting swole over there. He's taking up the cane sword. But if he doesn't want to be my friend, I'll teach you to get fucking jacked, dude. Me? Well, all me? Yeah, do you want to you wanna get jacked? Yeah, I'll get jacked. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then nobody can stop me from petting all the puppies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Staple, uh, Staples will uh, basically do what I was going to offer to Corton, which Corton is a level behind everyone. So the thing I was going to have Staples b- bestow on their friend is a level in the fighter, which would have brought him into parity with the rest of the party. But if instead <laughs> Lola wants to get more swole than anyone, that would be very funny. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, we can work on that. Uh, we, uh, Lola, describe to me how you and Staples train. Just just a little bit on the way to the Harp City. Just you're, hmm. the, the skiff's rolling along. What are you two doing? I don't think I don't know a lot about fighting. No, I mean the quills are still uh, basically rapiers in your hand. Yeah, like darts. Yeah. Uh, so rangers are famous for their use of a bow, but also uh, dual wielding melee weapons is a kind of a classic thing they do. Okay, so I can just uh, so is it like she can train me how to like sword fight or dagger fight? So much shankier uh, with my quills, then and I could use them like daggers. Yeah, um, it, what's a what's a good montage to refer to? I can't think of a lot of. <laughs> Maybe in the. I mean, the Mulan really... just came out, so I'm definitely thinking she's gonna make a man out of oh, you. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this is really nerdy, but the, uh, the Kenneth Branagh Hamlet. Jesus, Lauren. What I love Kenneth Branagh and I love Hamlet. <laughs> I own that movie. <laughs> I have problems. Of all the things to stand, I cannot believe Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Uh, it's very fun. At the end, he throws the sword. I can't with it, honestly. Uh, it's too much. But I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Lauren and I will talk about that character sheet detail. It's too much to unpack right now. But you do have that thing. Because Staples has not befer- conferred any mechanical benefits yet. No one's really gotten close to her. Uh, here's an, here's a here's an uh, opportunity. Yay, we'll bond over murder. Uh, Bramwell, you saved Zer, and so he's kind of, he's hanging out with you. He's still very sleepy. I think he got hit over the head or something. And he says to you, like, whew, man, you, you all went down in that hole to those weird metal rails, and we were chilling on this ship, and these, these halflings that came out of nowhere, and their leader, he just, like, I don't know, like, sucked the energy out of us, man. Like, we couldn't even fight back understandable i was told that they had uh, powers of the god king i killed them too quickly to discover that myself but i was told that 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we killed uh, the Pelican, and he had the powers of the God King too. And he was explaining how that kind of worked and why he was able to talk, and uh, other ones aren't. But then Staples yelled over him, and like literally, no one got that exposition. So now that's kind of like unclear. I wish the bad guys dropped instructions when they died, so we didn't have to listen to them talk. <laughs> they drop instructions when they're alive. But you, <laughs> I want. But we're going to kill them faster, so it would really do us a favor. I I have instructions on me in case I die. Someone can loot my body and I'll explain everything. You drop an audio log and loot. <laughs> Hello, my name is Gentleman Bramwell. Both names are official, neither is a title. Oh, yeah. He, he says, like, you know, when you showed up, I figured either you're going to kidnap Sabrina or kind of be, like, her butler. I, I didn't really think of you as your own person until recently. Uh, what's your story, man? Well, of course, I'm only here because of the dear princess's uh, favor. Had she not agreed to take me on board and found a way to get me on the ship, I would have been killed in that mall or killed when I came back as a failure to the God King. And, well, that's really all there is to my story that I care to share. Nah, nah, man, that's like the story since I met you. I'm saying, like, you're a dwarf. You've lived for, like, a hundred years. What's your, like, whole story, man? Like... I can't even see Harp City on the horizon right now. Like, see, we have plenty of time for the beans. Not you. Not you, Lola. To spill the beans, you know? Well, why not me too? I, he's trying to spill them. Okay. You keep the beans right where they are. He's spilling these beans. Different beans. Uh, it feels unfair that he's allowed to spill beans and I'm not. I'm just saying it's in my name, so I can't spill them. Would it sadden you to hear... That I don't remember it. Because you're, like, old? Or is it, like, a Lola thing where you got real powerful and it, like, nuked your whole backstory? Oh, no, nothing like that. Just as centuries go by, it becomes harder and harder to remember it. There are people who, at a time, I feel like were the most important people in my life. But after a hundred years go by, I can kind of remember our flickers of them. You know, we've never had an elderly player character before. This is a kind of an interesting, like, none of us are elderly either. So it's inter we haven't really tried to portray this. Chris, have you, have you given a lot of thought to that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a famous poem I always, well, I shouldn't say famous. It's in a book that's very good and explains death in a way that I always uh, thought was very poetic and sad. But I can't possibly share it here. What the poem is shall remain a mystery. Okay. Not particularly helpful, Chris. I'm sure you'll drop it well, in the hold Discord. On, I, hold on. I have to actually grab uh, my phone to see it. Yeah. Longtime fans of my work will, of course, know that the most important text on aging is Basket by Dan Mangan. So as far as that goes, definitely look that up, friends. This one is from Hob Galdine. And it's about saying that death's a funny thing. I used to think it was a big sudden thing, like a huge owl that would swoop down out of the night and carry you off. I don't anymore. I think it's a slow thing, like a thief who comes to your house day after day, taking a little thing here and a little thing there. And one day you walk around the house and there's nothing to keep you, nothing to make you want to stay. And now we all pause the podcast for a couple of minutes to just sit with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's you basically express to Zer that a lot of your past is kind of slipping away, and he has to like sit with his mortality for a moment, which he wasn't expecting to. And he says, "Well, 
if you think of any fun stories, I'd love to hear them, man. So like, I just want to let you know that you're not Sabrina's butler to me. You're like a, a bro and we're all friends here, I guess, except for Staples. <laughs> and Staples just throws up middle fingers in the background. But Zara's like, so you're, don't be. You're a thief, correct? I prefer to think of myself as the bandit king of the glass forest, but whatever. Could you steal a, a bottle of honey mustard? <laughs> he will try to do that. Um, if you do that, we will be more united than ever. Okay, that's his mission for Harp City is to steal a bottle of honey mustard. Um, well, it's just the one from Staples. If we get to Harp City and they have regular honey mustard, we can just buy it. Oh, okay. We steal that one. Um, but a thing he says to you all is that when he was being taken captive by the halflings, he heard one of them refer to their leader as Hope. Hope. Hmm. Um, so, gentlemen, Bramwell brings the Thriller Bark into the warehouse, uh, into like the docks in Harp City. It's just like one of the floors of the skyscrapers, just filled with boxes and skiffs coming and going. Um, and some people definitely walk over and start looking at your skiff suspiciously. And when some guy with like a sword on his hip and a clipboard walks over with it looks like business business on his mind insofar as arresting the group. Uh, Vindros, you slip him some stuff? You want to kind of paint us that picture? Yeah, Vin- Vindros is just going to... Uh... Hmm, how, how to do this? How to do this? Um, hold a shield with one hand in just such a way that it's sort of blocking anyone else's view and just sort of attempt to do the... Ha- Go into the high five or the uh, the handshake with the the money in the hand and just try and play it off as confident as possible. So, like the security guard who comes over to investigate the ship, which has been marked as a object of interest and in a murder investigation, uh, that you slip them the money you made last time you were here in Harp City, uh, busking, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they look at it and they they like just check off something on their paper, which says that you know it's just a normal ship, it's all fine, and they leave. And the, the party can can leave. Uh, the the party has access to Harp City. Where do you go? Is the question. Let's go see Marcel. Yeah, it's probably the best first stop. I I can't think of a better first lead to check with. Or the doctor for young. Is there a doctor? Is there a doctor in the house? Oh, Doctor Smooth. No, we- not Doctor Smooth. <laughs> No, oh, we're not we're not gonna get medical advice from Dr. My Smooth. My arch nemesis now is Dr. Smooth. The only doctor we know. So is when the next time the halfling shows up, are they still gonna be in the Dr. Smooth costume? Yes. Yeah. And then I will kill them in the Dr. Smooth costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so roll uh history, which is kind of the the person knowledge, like the civilization, the culture knowledge skill to know about doctors and Harp City. I botched. Oops. Is that bad? Uh, eight. Four. Oh, no. We're going to take him to, like, a plastic surgeon or something, aren't we? We take him to a butcher. <laughs> They're going to make his cheeks dummy thick, but he won't wake up. We can't get a single good roll to keep this person alive. Uh, I actually know exactly what happens here. So the party fails. Not only that, Bramwell botches. So I'd say, Bramwell, what you've heard is that uh, medical care in Harp City is very bad. I mean, you've heard basically from racist Genasi in the castle that it's just like, oh, the bugs don't know what they're doing. They're all like inferior and stupid and backwards. And so you think, oh, there's probably one nice clinic in this place, but you have to wait hours. Uh, And so- I mean, how good could their medical care be? They die in a few years. Yeah. Uh, So the consequence of this, 
botch and failure is that in order to uh, save a place in this line the party's expecting, you send the NPCs away to go hold your place in line. So now there's mm. the, basically uh, you, you, the party is split and you will not have backup if one of you comes into danger. So what? the rest of you... The rest of you can go to Marcel's office, but uh, Staples, Weaver, and Zer go off holding Young to the clinic and leave the four of you to go to Marcel's office. Makes sense. Yep. Sounds like a plan. So you go to the 108th floor of Harp City, where Marcel uh, is there. He's kind of the governor. He is a 16-year-old. Uh, Ooze Genasi, kind of a sweaty, soft boy. He has a bunch of guards, all armed. They are uh, uh, Formians, which are uh, ants. I was going to say anthropomorphic ants, but they're not really anthropomorphic. They're just kind of big. They're almost like ant centaurs in kind of posture, but they're not anthropomorphic. They're they're more ant than person. Uh, and they all have they all have spears and armor, like pretty nice stuff. Um, and you walk in. Who wants to lead this interaction? Clap. I want to clap in angrily. Uh-huh. I'm just angry in general. I'm not gonna, like, I'm not mad at Marcel, but I'm just, I don't, I'm not even saying anything. It's just, like, you, know, you can tell somebody is really frustrated, and they're like, <laughs> Yeah, just taking it out on everybody. Yeah, there's, like, a, there's, like, a jar of candy, like, knock it over, like a cat. Oh, my gosh. This is a new side of Lola. And then I go, oh, I'm sorry for that. I'm going through a lot of stuff right now. And then I pick it up. Put it back in the bowl. <laughs> well, thank you. It's complicated. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, Maybe I've never gone. Would. I've never gone through anything bad. Oh, must be fucking nice. No, that was sarcasm. My mom joined a rebellion, and I was exiled. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, listen. Sorry, bud. Yeah. That's rough, buddy. Yeah, it's been pretty rough. And then you came into my city and you had kidnapped my sister. And then some of your allies were seen doing a big murder in my docks. Wait, who kidnapped your sister? You think anybody could kidnap your sister? She does, she does not go where she does not want to go. Not particularly relevant because my dad thinks you kidnapped her. Well, fuck that guy. Is that still the assumption that he's under? This is a good time to clarify this because uh, Sabrina has no doubt been seen by people who are loyal to the regime in the gore fields, and they probably re reported back that Sabrina is there. Uh, do we think at this point the God King is just like, oh, Sabrina's with her sister, that's fine, or is he still desperately want her back? No, I feel like he'd be like, oh, I don't give a shit, she's with her sister. Depends if they heard reports that she was then captured by the Aethar on top of that. Yeah. That might parlay the story a different direction. Yeah. You think? Huh. Well, if it gives him more cause to think that's the scenario. I'm trying to think, because he's like a shitty human being <laughs> who looks for whatever he can to justify his own reasons. So mm -hmm. even though it's not the truth, sure, it's enough of a fact for him to twist as they kidnap my daughter. But he, he's cool with the Duke and stuff. Right. Wait, what? Aren't he and the Duke kind of cool, though? So, yeah, the Duke is very politically useful for him. And I think actually how this shakes out is that he gets reports that Sabrina is training with the Duke to become a conduit. And he just lets it go. He's like, yeah, yeah that's what I want for my children anyway. So he's not 
trying to get Sabrina back desperately anymore. Here's the thing Marcellus says to you is that, so last time you were here, you didn't mention to me that you were a conduit, Lola Beans. Who, who told you that? My father, he had you arrested for that reason. You were charged with a different crime, but you were sentenced to death for being a conduit. Well, you know, these things happen. Uh, I don't see what the big fuss is. Well, you're a direct threat to my father's rule, which is a capital crime. You're still a wanted fugitive. Did Marcel always have a British accent? We talked about this before, is that the Tudors in the castle have British accents, so all the Wolfram children oh, okay. have a little bit. Like, I've, I think I, I don't, maybe I didn't leave this in the show, but I mentioned Amy was like really trying not to, and so it like only slips okay. through every once in a while, but Sabrina has it full-blown. Listen, you, I've been a conduit all this time doing whatever, and when have I ever challenged your father? Well, that's not true. I did that now. Yeah, and furthermore, uh, the price on your head is only increasing as you become... A, connected with more murders like the don who is very well connected um so i wasn't here for that regardless you'd be wanted as a like a person of interest to talk to because of your your connection with the people who did do it my point is that you can't just be walking around harp city people are going to ask why i haven't arrested you it, this is very bad give, for me give me a disguise give me a give me a disguise then well, it's fine. We, we we paid some people off. It's fine. No one's gonna ask anything. So it sounds like the group wants to make persuasion rolls to uh, basically pacify Marcel because he's getting uh, frustrated with you. Hmm. I'm frustrated with him! Fucking 16-year-old bitch, you know what I'm talking about? I got a five. Fourteen. Twelve. Fifteen. All right, so the party just gets average, 14, 12, and 15. So he's not thrilled about you being here, but he basically says, all right, look, the best thing for me right now would be to throw you all in the dungeon and have my father come collect you, and that would get me back into his good graces. But I, but you would just turn around and tell him I've let you get away the first time, which would complicate matters for me. So I, please help me help you. I want you to be able to do what you need and go away so you're not my problem. What we're here to do is to gather support to potentially unthrone your father. What is wrong with you people? That's, you're really <laughs> funny. Why are we telling him? Really he always said before, he was like, hey, fucking just be honest with me. That was his big thing last time. Yeah, but, oh but this is a big thing to They're be honest Boundaries, about. man. <laughs> I, I said that out of character. It was weird I did it in the voice. That was just a weird thing I did, you know? It was like a wacky Chris thing, you know? All right, this is how this is going to work. You have 24 hours to leave the city. So if you're not done with whatever you need to do, too bad. You're going to the dungeons and my father's castle will be here. Was there anything more specific than, oh, hey, we're overthrowing your dad that we wanted to ask for help? locating while we were here no that's that's the, the the way this episode ends is you're in harp city and you have no leads and you have 24 hours bomb bomb oh shit however that sound effect goes 24 hours in harp city will make an excellent episode title are we gonna play it like 24 every scene's an hour of the day no boom boom <laughs> <laughs>